thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. are up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome to Up for a Chat. OMG. It has been a hot minute since we have been online with you guys, but coming together based on everything that's taken place over the last 18 months to two years, and especially moving into I guess this whole new way of being on the planet, we three decided that it would be a super um, perfect time to jump on and have a conversation that hopefully will be inspiring for you guys and perhaps even shed some light, give some direction, create some clarity that might support you guys in the decisions and the journey that you are embarking on throughout this change in our times. So welcome, strap yourself in because it's going to be a pretty heavy conversation. And, um, you know, thanks to our beautiful Cindy, who is always the font of knowledge. I'm going to kick over to you, my darling heart, to start us off in, um, you know, your prompt on having us do this show for Up for a Chat today. Yeah, it's interesting. People have been um, saying we really miss you girls. I feel like my best friends have gone Uh, So there's been quite a lot doing that. And one person especially reached out um, and she lives in WA and she's like, I could could feel that she wasn't, um, she wasn't living her best life in that she's scared. She doesn't know what this is about. She doesn't know what to do. And it's, it's, I, I, and I think it is a troubled time and it has been from like, what, 19, 20 months ago. But what is opening up for me is that we've been kind of living in a lie in the world and what's happening is that there is an awakening and it's becoming so very, very obvious that there's a lot of corruption in the world. And um, I am seeing with incredible strength bands of people coming together. Um, for instance, last Thursday I was on an incredible call with a whole bunch of businessmen. I feel like the men are really, really gaining momentum and saying we're not going to let our children be harmed um, by what is happening on the planet at the moment. So I I've, am seeing the other side and I'm seeing the strength that is gathering and the groups that are gathering. I was on another call today um, with a group of Australians and famous Australians like sports legends, musicians, movie stars, all coming together to say we don't agree what's with what's what with what is happening and we don't um, condone it but sometimes our you know we can't say anything because we've been threatened especially the sports stars they are the ones that are being threatened the most there was an incredible um, MBA star on and they to be vaccinated he basically said you have to have the double jab but as of December 1st if you don't have the third one you are unvaccinated so they're under a lot of pressure to abide by what what makes the money which is their sport or businesses that make the money or um you know it's it's there's a lot of pressure out there to do the right thing so we think but perhaps it's not the right thing. 
So that's the impetus of us doing this is that getting um, an idea of how the three of us are going, what we are doing, what our families are, how our families are coping, um, and maybe give a little bit of guidance and, and strength and inspiration to people that uh, just think that something's, something's up but they just don't know what it is. And I don't think anybody knows. I was listening to um, an incredible speaker um, on Western Price. He only spoke on Saturday and I got, I've listened to him twice now. And um, he's basically saying, if you think you're awakened, you're not. We're awakening because nobody's awake to what is really happening um, with the virus, with the disease. Um, and I think that's probably a really good place to start is, so what is this and where has it come from and why is the whole planet involved and why when we see that people aren't dying at great amounts, they're um, mandating you know, lockdowns and isolation and testing and masks and vaccinations when, and even amongst our children, um, they're starting to do that when, you know, the likelihood of them dying from this disease is getting, is not even there. In actual fact, in the US, I think 300 and something children have contracted the disease and died from it. Each one of them were either morbidly obese or had diabetes none of them were healthy children. So is this a disease of the sick uh, or is it a disease that can, can absolutely affect everybody? So I think these are questions that are worth asking. Um, I did a talk for Kim's um, beautiful group of people recently and I felt that understanding the basics is a good place to start and understanding the language is another really good place to start. So let's first start with what the name of the virus is. But before I say that, I want you to know that I have been through this before, but I've been through it in a smaller population. So my mum is the oldest of 11 she had seven brothers, six of them had hemophilia. Each one of them, as a result of uh, blood transfusions, got the virus HIV, which is human immunodeficiency virus. Each one of them was put on a medication that was sanctioned by the National Health Institute of Health, which was... Um, the, the head of that was Anthony Fauci. He came in in the 80s. He was um, put into, the, into this, um, the head of NIH in the, in the early 80s. And um, he was the one that uh, stopped research for 19 months about a drug that would work to suppress HIV and so it wouldn't go into the disease of AIDS. And so each one of my uncles got the drug AZT, which was a chemotherapy drug that would kill the pa patient before it killed the cancer. So they ended up putting all of my uncles um, on AZT bar one and every one of my uncles uh, passed away from what they called AIDS, um, except for the one that didn't go on the AZT. Two of the wives died of uh, AIDS. 
because of the diagnosis of the virus HIV and then getting the drug AZT and then getting AIDS and passing from that. And a six-month-old cousin of mine um, also died. But And what's interesting is the, the father, the mother and the baby died within a very short period of time. So I've been through this, but on a smaller scale, but with my family. So when this started, the first thing I wanted to identify was what is the virus? And the virus is called SARS-CoV-2. So SARS came um, into existence years and years ago, and I can't remember the exact date, so I do apologise. I don't have them. If you really want to know exact dates, go and listen to David Martin, Dr. David Martin, um, on the Western Price um, talk that he did on Saturday. He um, His dates are impeccable. Um, but anyway, SARS um, was came about and then they did a vaccine. The vaccine didn't work. Um, the World Health Organization said that it no longer existed and that was the end of SARS. Then um, we started to hear about SARS-CoV-2. And SARS-CoV-2 is the name of the virus, just as the virus for AIDS was called HIV. So HIV and SARS-CoV-2 are the names of the viruses. The disease that they say is presented when these viruses enter the body and take over the, the cells, the cells, because that's what a virus does, and, and they um, grow in numbers. So in HIV, the disease is AIDS, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. And in um, uh, with SARS-CoV-2, it's COVID-19 is the name of the disease. So when you're looking at the vaccine that says that it is um, a COVID vaccine, that means it's for the disease, not for SARS-CoV-2. So it really doesn't change anything with regards to you contracting or getting SARS-CoV-2 or passing it on. But what it does for you as an individual, so they say, but statistics are showing us differently, is that the COVID-19 vaccine helps you with that disease, lessens the symptoms of the disease. So is the narrative. But with Israel now um, showing statistics of the most vaccinated country um, and um, they're, now they're now seeing that um, most people in hospital have been vaccinated and have severe symptoms with COVID-19. And what's interesting, the New South Wales, I think it's the, oh, I can't remember who it was. Um, it's one of the New South Wales, either health or the um, premier. can't remember who, who said it. But basically over the uh, last week he came on and he talked about the statistics of the people in hospital, the people in intensive care, the age groups of everybody in hospital. And he then ended with all were vaccinated but one. One had only had one vaccine. And that's about sums up what is happening um, in our hospital system at the moment. And it's almost like we're playing a bit of Russian roulette because we don't know who will be affected by um, SARS-CoV-2 and then get COVID-19. So we don't actually know, except we do know this, 
is that chronic fatigue, sorry, chronic disease is usually um, 93% of people that get COVID-19 have one or more chronic diseases. That's heart disease, diabetes, obesity, uh, cancer, uh, an uh, immune system problem, um, a respiratory system problem. So we do know that 93% of people uh, do have that um, those they they do have that chronic that chronic disease. So that's what we know about the disease. And then what we know um, with regards to the vaccine is it seems that it's not necessarily working at the efficacy and efficiency of what we've been told in the research. Um, so yeah, so that gives you the information on what is the virus, what is the disease what the vaccine's for, um, who gets the diseases. Um, but what we're finding now is that younger and younger people seem to be presenting with COVID-19 uh, in hospitals and going into intensive care. This didn't happen last year before the vaccine. It's happening now. Um, and I think people have to be alerted to that. So we actually, I feel like we're playing Russian roulette with this vaccine because there are people that die because I think the latest count on the TGA was 634 people have died since the vaccine program started. That was a, a direct result of the vaccine. Um, that's two people a day um, since the vaccine program basically started. Um, we, we do know that, but why? Why does one young person get it and they're perfectly okay and the next young person gets it and they come down with, they can't breathe. So I was on a call today um, there was a young girl on the call. People can go and look on her Instagram. Um, I think her name was Sienna. Um, let me just, her name was Sienna. And she, within 24 hours after she had the vaccine, was really um, not doing well and in emergency care. Um, and her mother is a fighter and she is going to make sure that, you know, her daughter um, gets the care that she needs. Any questions, guys? I feel like I've been rattling on for a little while. And um, are there any questions? I'd, I'd just like to ask you this question. If So I've, I've had this front and centre of my head and mind. I don't understand why we're all having to be vaccinated then. And I don't understand that these companies cannot have a liability for any injuries or problems that's caused by the vaccine. Because if I told somebody to use lavender, a beautiful little humble little oil like lavender, and I told them it would do something or I took, they did something and they did something wrong with it, even if they didn't hear me properly, I could be discredited for that. I would be held liable for that. And I just, I'm just not sure how anyone would have confidence in companies that do not take responsibility for any liability, especially when we keep getting it told to us all the time, everybody's different. We all have to have different diets. We all operate better with different medications. We all operate better with different herbs, different foods. How on earth can one vaccine be good for five-year-olds through to 90-year-olds and for everybody? I'm, I'm really curious about understanding that. It's a really good question because we are all individuals. We have different microbiomes. We have different um, genetics. We have different lifestyles. And 
Um, and if we look at the individuality of people and the testing that is being done, we find that with the safety protocol, there's a, there's a safety protocol that's been going on for all chemicals, um, drugs, uh, food additives, chemicals put into the environment. Um, it's been put in place, the safety assessment, since 1987. And that safety assessment is only tested on the mammalian cells of the human. And when you consider that we are 10% mammalian genetics and we are 90% microbial genetics, and I know that Karen is squirming in her seat to think that she is 90% <laughs> germs. Oh, yes. Um, but she is. Um, <laughs> so when we realise that we're not testing the safety of our microbiome when we are using chemicals or um, cosmetics or food additives or agricultural chemicals, anything, they're not testing our microbiome. So that microbiome is more about individuality than um, we are genetically, and yet we're not testing for that. And even with all of our knowledge about the microbiome, they still have not changed the safety assessment on that. So that's, that's number one. Number two, in 1986, there was an act that came about, and you can watch it in the documentary. I think it's called 1986, The Act. Um, it's put on by um, Andrew Wakefield. He, he's part of it. But in that, he talks about how all drug companies became um, indemnified, um, I think that's the word I mean to say, or, or not liable for any injury that has happened to anybody due to a vaccine. So all liability went to the government um, and, and that liability um, and basically in since 1986 before covid started had um dished out nearly four and a half billion dollars in vaccine injuries um so was it dpt or mmr or the whooping cough but and it's not easy to get money out of them because the court system is rigged but that's basically what has happened so of course they don't want to give you a pill they want to give you a vaccine because they're indemnified for that vaccine. And when you think that Pfizer, who, we, you know, everyone's heard of Pfizer now. Before, probably no one had heard of Pfizer, but everyone's heard of Pfizer. When you consider Pfizer has paid out billions of dollars in lawsuits um, because they lied about research, uh, then you, you kind of got to consider why are we trusting this with our babies? And what I find interesting is these people, these groups that I've joined, it's it, as soon as that it was this vaccine was coming for our five-year-olds to 12-year-olds, they started to go, hang, hang on, hang on, something's wrong here. We're not going to do this. So I find it really interesting that um, even though other vaccines they seem okay with, because it is very different to um, other vaccines. So other vaccines, it's usually a, a the dead virus or an attenuated virus, along with something that alerts the immune system and some preservatives um, and some emulsifiers. That's usually what goes into the vaccine that we give in our childhood um, schedule for vaccinations. This is very different. It is not necessarily um, a dead virus or an attenuated virus. And attenuated means part dead um, or part of. So, um, 
it's not that. It is actually um, genetic modification of cells to create um, antibodies as a result of a spike protein that um, is what they're doing. And the question is this, when does the body know to turn off that new genetic blueprint um, that the mRNA um, so-called vaccine is doing? So, and that is the question a lot of doctors are talking about. And remember, um, I wouldn't call myself a specialist. What I am is somebody who reads. And what I can do for people is I can send you to the most incredible minds. For instance, Dr. David Martin, Dr. Peter McCulloch, um, Dr. Judy Makovitz. These are the people that I listen to and, and I trust. Judy Makovitz has been a virologist for and worked with vaccines for 30 years. Um, Dr. Peter McCulloch is an incredible medical doctor that when this virus started, he said, right, we can't wait till people to go and ventilate. We have to figure out what we need to do. What's the protocol that we do when they first come in with symptoms? And he even contacted Anthony Fauci and said, I have found the protocol. And it was, I think it was hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. Um, he did vitamin D, he did zinc. Um, what else did he um, put in? So he put in uh, this protocol and you can now get this protocol um, online for free. And it's not just him. There's a heap of them out there. I also listened to Del Bigtree on the high wire comes out of the U S you won't find him on any social media because he has been censored. Peter McCulloch is being censored. Judy McCovitz is censored. Um, David Martin is censored. So you have to find these people by, um, you know, people giving you a link uh, to a bit shoot uh, rather than YouTube. Uh, yeah, this is this is the way I find these people. It's almost like it's book burning. And if 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 everything was okay, if the vaccine was okay, and it wasn't injuring anybody, why would we be censoring people that are warning people that this is what's happening? And I remember, Kim, you and I discussed this and I, I can't remember the name of the doctor that I read this um, or heard him talk about this, but a UK professor and doctor actually talked about how the vaccine was being administered. Could be part of the fact that some people get off scot-free, there doesn't seem to be a problem, and other people are damaged, either die, have um, embolisms or blood clots in their, in their body, have, have cardio um, issues, have pericarditis, have, what else have I heard, um, para paralysis, so nervous system issues. There's a, one of the young women that was in the study that Pfizer did, um, she was paralysed and she can no longer eat because she, hasn't, she can't swallow anymore because her peristaltic movement in her esophagus has stopped. So, you know, why... Why are these people being sensitive? It's so good for us and it's just a very rare side effect, yet I seem to be hearing about it all the time. Um, so the, this, this um, professor was showing research uh, and the research was about um, how it was being administered. So they were talking about when you put, when the nurse or the doctor is administering the vaccine, it should be aspirated, which means pull back on the needle a little bit 
and see if there's blood in the needle. And if there's blood in the needle, then throw it out because then it becomes an intravenous injection, not an intramuscular injection. And he actually believes that if we do an intravenous injection, that's when we're seeing the calamity that is happening. Whereas when it's just when it's intramuscular, there doesn't seem to be the calamity. Interesting. It's just information I'm giving you from people that um, read the research, get on an, un, a, a, an uncensored channel um, and then talk about their findings. It's, you know, so, so talking about individuality and knowing what I've just told you now, you know, it might give you uh, more information on your decision as to what you need to do in order to survive in this world at the moment. And I know that many people, um, many people are doing the vaccine for their health um, because they're scared of the virus. Um, other people are doing it because they're coerced, because they won't have a job. They can't play. They can't party. They can't do any. You know, they can't do anything that they thought they were able to do. You know, they've they've basically created. Um, you know, they've basically created an apartheid, a medical apartheid. So the vaccinated are allowed out, the unvaccinated aren't, the vaccinated are allowed to travel, the unvaccinated aren't. So if we go back to the beginning and we go back to when um, I talked about what is the vaccine for, the vaccine is for the individual. It's not for the individual disease and the individual, it is actually not for um, SARS-CoV-2. Does, does that help? With yeah. Your question? You know, I, I, there's something that I have found particularly fascinating with all of this is that there have been hundreds of thousands of people who have had COVID apparently. And I, um, you know, the part that I find curious is that We'll put photos of our breakfast and our dogs on social media, but no one has put anything up on social media about this is my journey, this is what it's like. Guys, you know, be very afraid or, you know, there's been no, there's been, of all the hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands of people who have had it, you would think there would be at least one, possibly two, maybe even three that would have posted their journey when it's just as easy to put up our picture of our dogs. So that has had me remarkably curious and questioning what don't I know? What am I not seeing? Um, and it's also really fascinating to me how um, there is the difference between people who have zero reactions to the um, vaccination and people who are taken out for days. And then obviously, you know, there's, there's, there's the high risk of the ongoing clots and all of that, and I and I watched some of the links that you sent through to me, Cindy, and I was unbelievably grateful for it. Um, you know, because my Matt had a heart attack in August last year, and he's been left with myocarditis, so he does have a damaged heart, and it runs in his family. So he's one of five that have had um, the myocarditis, but the other four has all progressed to phase two, which is cardiomyopathy, which um, he's had a couple of uncles pass away from. So we do have to be extra careful for him. So I wanted to make sure that I was well-researched. I was across 
all the ups and the downs, the goods, the bads, the uglies, everything that I possibly could for him because in his mind and the cardiologist's mind, he needs to be vaccinated in order to maintain a level of health because if he got COVID, he, he may not survive it because COVID is particularly cruel to the heart, according to all of the, um, the specialists. And it was really, you know, it was fascinating to me to see how there's the testing for the clots um, and how the clot testing is only testing for the bigger clots, but it's not testing for the micro clots that are caused because the spike protein sits on the outside of the cell. And then the blood passes over the top of the spike protein. And as the blood's passing over it, it sees it as a dangerous foreign body, therefore begins to clot with these micro clots. Um, and, I, and I really took heart to one of the tests called the D-dimer test where um, you can get that done to see if there are these microclots because the effect of that will be in three years' time, not today. So, you know, I think what I came to was that we're so far down the food chain, there's no way we're ever going to know enough to know enough. We're so far down the food chain, there's, there's so much information out there that's designed to um, cause conspiracy, it's designed to confuse, it's designed to be correct, it's designed to be incorrect, and there's all the different angles that are taking place among society and, the, you know, obviously the division that's prevalent. I think that for anybody to um, claim they know that it's the right thing I think is foolhardy simply because there's not enough information for anybody to be able to make that much of an informed decision that's going to allow them to know the outcome in three, four, five, ten years' time. And they even say on the box it's an experimental drug and the experiment will conclude on the 23rd of February 2023. So it's not until that point that um, we'll know. And where's the blind and the double blind? Where's the placebo aspect of the trial? is that happening and we just don't know about it? Like, is that possibly happening for people who don't have any reactions? Are they getting the placebo? You know, there's all of this for too far down the food chain to know. So, of course, it, it leaves so much speculation. And I think that from a mental health point of view, you know, I had a conversation with one of my really good friends this morning. She's got two, three kids that she's got to make this decision for. One's 18, 16, and the other one's 12. Now, she's terrified of making that decision for a 16-year-old girl who in 10 years' time could say, Mum, thanks to you, I can't fall pregnant. She has no idea. She can't know what's right, wrong and indifferent. And she's been forced to make a decision for her children and for herself when she doesn't, it's, it can't be an informed decision. And I think that that's where the criminality is. I think that's the accountability that, Australia is saying it's not mandated and they won't mandate it simply because they're not prepared to put in place a compensation fund because as soon as they mandate it, then they have to compensate those that are injured. So they won't be doing that, but they'll do everything else um, that, you know, falls under that, that coercion. And I think that that's a crime against humanity. I mean, where there's risk, there must be choice. Um, that's certainly my stand on it, and I, I don't, I'm very unapologetic about that. But I think that, um, you know, it's set up for us not to know. It's set all the masses. It's set up for the masses and the general public not to know. 
so that then we're kind of forced to rely on a government which keeps the government relevant. Oh, I could go on about that. (laughs) And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so don't get me wrong. I'm really not. Um, I'm just somebody like you, Cindy. Perhaps I don't do as much reading as you do in the same direction that you do. Uh, But I'm a ferocious questioner. I mean, I'm certainly not somebody who's going to fall in line blindly. I, I, I'll fall in line, but I'm not going to fall in line blindly. I, I, you know, and, I, and I think that that's the hope that I certainly would have for everybody listen to, listening to this podcast and the hope that I would have for humanity is that we all have a spark of independent thought and independent inquiry so much to the extent that, you know, we make decisions that we can live with. I don't know where I was going with all of that, but I just threw that in there. No, I, I thought it was really good. And I, I think you're right. It's we don't have all the information. And I believe that we need to question. And if we're not questioning, um, then we're not going to get at least part of um, what is happening out there. And it, it's important to be curious. And it, for people who aren't curious, and, and I've been curious all my life, and so have you, and, and so is Kim. We're always asking questions, looking for a better answer, and the quality of our questions will mean the quality of our answers. So I'm always asking another question about it, and I'm finding, you know, I then try and find the answer, and that doesn't always come straight away. And the fact that you've just said, you know, that it's 2023 until this research is um, finished and where is the double blind study? Because Pfizer offered after six months to the people who didn't get the vaccine who got the saline um, solution. I think I'm pretty sure um, there was a, a group called ICANN that uh, noticed in the study that there was no saline solution. There was um, all the other vectors that was in the vaccine, but not the I don't know what wasn't in it, the spike protein or something. I can't remember. Mm. But they asked for a saline solution to be part of the experiment, which they did do six months after um, they were all offered the vaccine. So they aren't even going to be long-term. So for those people who said, yes, yes, we'll take the vaccine, things I didn't get it, then they're not even going to be the control. And and the only ones that are really the control are the ones that are saying, well, I'm just going to wait till 2023. I'll I'll just see what happens. And Western Australian um, Premier came on. I don't know when he came on. It was in the last couple of days he's he's come on and he said that um, despite their high vaccination rate, there are people presenting in the hospitals with weird symptoms, um, including the ones that we've been talking about. So the the microclotting, the pericarditis, the neurological issues. So these people are now presenting with these issues and his, his, you can go and watch him and he basically says, and we don't know what's happening. We don't know. We don't know why this is happening. Really? Yep. yep. I, haven't, I haven't seen that, but he's saying that they don't know when they actually have declared that these are the side effects. I mean, they've been open and honest about these are the side effects. And yeah, he's, no. he's saying he doesn't know? He doesn't know. Yeah, I saw it on Info. I watch a, another channel called Infowars and and it's an American channel and they showed him saying this. This is our Premier of Western Australia saying 
the hospitals are filled. We're not really sure, but these are the things and we don't know what's happening. And he looks dazed, actually. He looks really dazed um, when you watch it. And maybe we can, um, I can create a link for that um, so that people can watch him. Why doesn't he know? <laughs> you know? Well, he does know because yeah. the pharmaceutical companies have told him. They've told all of us. Yeah, but you don't want to tell the general public, and this is the thing, is that the media are not telling the whole truth. So there were about 10,000 people at a march in Victoria uh, over the weekend, and it was regarding uh, that bill. They're calling it Kill the Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so there were 10,000 people. The media opened with one of them one of the 10,000 spitting at a camera. You know, wow. they're picking the worst of the bunch to show what the peaceful protest was about. And it was a very peaceful protest because I've seen footage of it, of course, on censored channels, um, but I have seen footage of it. But that's how the media opens up. And the media, um, there's this thing called the Mockingbird effect. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. But the media is owned, um, basically the world is owned by two companies called BlackRock and Vanguard, and they are major shareholders in media, pharmaceutical companies, um, internet, um, uh, finance, everything. And if you look it up, you can look up the, people can look up the documentary. It is called Monopoly 101, Who Owns the World? Fascinating hour. And it, it talks about these are the two companies that own the world and and then it talks about the people that are, who are behind those companies, um, which are only a few small families, well, wealthy families, and um, they own the media and they put out, so it's like Murdoch is part of it. Um, there's only a few people who own the media in Australia, but they put out press releases that this is what you have to say. So New World Order, um, build back better. Um, so there are certain things you'll hear being said across the media and it's just the same narrative on 7, 9, 10, even the ABC I'm seeing it on now. I had to stop watching all. I used to love the ABC. I really did. Um, but I actually have to had to stop watching all commercial television. Uh, my television never goes on. It hasn't gone on for 20 months because I think the fear-mongering the, and Kim, I think you have a lot to say about what they're doing on the news. And I'd like you to talk about what you have noticed with your neuro-linguistic programming and your hypnotherapy as to what they are doing on every, every time you turn the television on. Well, I remember in one of our Up for a Chat podcasts, Karen, you talking about how the media works. It's based on fear and repetition and, mm. and the way that we get higher ratings and the way that we get more people glued to it is through drama and through the negatives or the struggle or the worry or the concern or the fear is the biggest word of all. And just out of interest, I put the television on. I was actually turning on to go to Netflix because I just wanted to blob out in front of something. And I was on my phone and the news was on in the background and I heard vaccination. I heard vaccination, vaccination. And I started counting. And within a 30, sorry, at one minute, 30 seconds, so 90 seconds of time, I was timing it. I heard the word vaccine said 14 times. And I was like, man, that's a lot of time they've said that. And then there was this repetition and then with the fear. And I looked up and I, I, I may be cynical, I may have got it wrong, 
but they were talking about a protest. I don't know where it was. Maybe it was Melbourne, but it was a violent anti-vaccination protest. And the newsman is standing there, the reporter, and he's going, incredibly violent today, really bad with the anti-vaccinator campaign, blah, 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 blah. And I looked up and people were just walking quietly behind him. And I just thought, am I watching Am I watching the same thing that I'm hearing? Because I was on my phone. So, of course, I looked up and I then started to get curious. And so I started to get my clients. If you do watch television, tell me how many times you hear the word. And even one of the girls, Millie, she comes around and she goes, I, I've never noticed it. But I was, I was making my dinner the other night. And in the background, um, that show, what's that show, Benny with P? Um, it's a news show on Channel 10, Carrie what's her name, Bickmore's in it, um, the project, the project was on. And she goes, can I just keep hearing the word vaccine over and over again? And if you actually take the time to listen to it, to hypnotize somebody, we use repetition and intensity. And so I started to realize the job of a hypnotist is actually to unhypnotize people from the narratives that we see here and think is the truth. And I've always got you in my ear, one side, Karen, and I've always got you in the other ear, Cindy. I've got the facts and research from Cindy, and I've got the curiosity inquiry of Karen. And I'm always sitting there going, I wonder why that happens. And how does that work? And why are people thinking this? And why is it only one narrative? And why are we not hearing? Like, why do we not have a Cindy talking with a a very pro person who believes that the vaccine is right. Why? And not that Cindy's saying it's wrong, but just the questioning of it. Why do we not have debates? And my sister turned around to me and she said, Kim, I think you're taking this a little bit too seriously. And because I was really curious about the number, I, I was just curious around the hypnotism of everything. And she turns around, and she goes, Kim, you, you know, I think you're getting a little bit lost in the fact that, um, you know, that you think there's so many people injured and there's so many people getting adverse reactions. She goes, I haven't heard of any. And I said, but when you watch the news, you're not going to hear that because if, if their goal, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if their goal is to get 90% or 100% of people vaccinated, the minute you start putting up on the mainstream television or the narrative of people that are injured or you show how badly some people are injured, let alone the 600-plus deaths that we know has occurred, then you're going to start to have people sitting in the audience questioning that. And people watching that are going to then freak. And then you're going to have a debate in the home. And then people are going to start debating it with a very different language as opposed to why isn't everyone vaccinated? And I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like you girls, but I do get curious around understanding how we are getting the whole world on board for something that is, sounds like a very nasty virus. I'm not denying that. Sounds like if you get it, it really affects you. And I've heard of it, a couple of people in my circle that have had the virus, my extended circle, and it was nasty. But they have survived. And I'm just, I'm really struggling to understand why we are causing such segregation now around the people that are choosing to just wait maybe till 2023 or wait for some more research. It's not that they're anti, but maybe they're just curious to see that if, if this is going to protect me, great, but I want to make sure it's the right protection for me and my family. 
So, yeah, that was just my interesting look at it. And if you do listen to the news or the television and ha- or read it in the paper, you will see the word jab, vaccine, vaccination, COVID, COVID-19. You will see it so many times. And I guess that happens with any leading story. I understand that. I'm not naive to that. But this has been 20 months. When you repeat this over and over again, eventually, I believe what happens is you just start getting so tired of it. And what I'm hearing people now saying is, I'm just going to get it because I just want life to go back to normal. I'll take one for the team. I'll go do it. And I just just want to travel again. I just want to see my family. And it's almost like we're being worn down and, and made to feel quite exhausted with the whole questioning, some would say, fight for not having it. So I don't know if I'm on the right path here, but I just found that fascinating. I can totally understand that being worn down. You know, I'll be honest, you know, with Matt, you know, and, and my family's all had it, and the, the vaccination that is. And I spent like four weeks, maybe five weeks, sick to my stomach, trying to gather as much information as I could possibly find, trying to work out what was going to be the best move and to be able to advise my family and to be that person because I know that I am that person in my family that, you know, does the research and finds things out. And I, and I, it, I was so sick feeling like I was carrying the weight of everybody's lives on my shoulders that if I didn't get this right and if I didn't give them the right advice and if I didn't support them properly, I was going to be staring down the barrel of being an orphan. Um, and to see my family suffer is not a life I want to live anyway. And the more I looked at the way that things were in society, the more conversations I had, the more things I read, the more I looked on social media, the more I read articles from TGA and FDA, and the more I found hidden on those sites. I mean, there is a document on the TGA site that says we will look back in 100 years and this will be nothing more than a flu because obviously it will have mutated and weakened. So, you know, there's so much there to consume, to, to... try to make a decision it's enough it's it's destructive it's soul destroying and it is exhausting and I would go to bed thinking of nothing but the vaccination and dreaming of losing my family and losing Matt and it became an all-consuming experience for me and then one day I think it was only just last week actually if I'm really honest it was last Monday I got up, I had a client that I was visiting and I finished with the client and I walked out of the room and as I walked out of the room, I just had to drop all of the weight because I wasn't here. I was preoccupied with my fear and I had this prayer to the universe and I said, I cannot do this. I can't make this decision on behalf of everybody else. I can't carry this weight. It's too much and I have to hand this over to you a universe, a consciousness, whatever it is that you're out there, that you are participating in all of this, I have to hand this over to you and trust that you, me, Matt, my family are bigger than any virus or any organism and that whatever happens, vaccinated or not vaccinated, we are bigger than what goes into our body, mentally, physically, emotionally and spiritually. And 
I pray that you fortify us mentally, physically, spiritually and emotionally so that nothing comes near us and that we can go on to live a normal and happy life, albeit in a changed world. And I just, and I really had to hand it over because I can totally understand why so many people and a number of conversations and counselling sessions I've had, I have lost count of, of the people who are saying, this is not a world I want to live in. I can't live here anymore. There's no future. There's no hope. And to, to have a conversation with somebody to try and help them find hope in a world where we're not being given any, you know, for those that are not asking the questions, they're not being given hope. They're not being given clarity. They're not being given direction. We're just being left to our own vulnerable devices and each individual is vulnerable. And I think that the cost to life is enormous and the cost to quality of life is enormous, vaccinated or unvaccinated. Everybody's making their decisions based out of fear. If they're getting vaccinated, they're fearful of the virus. If they're not getting vaccinated, they're fearful of the vaccination. It's all fear. And to what end um, that serves a purpose, I'm never going to know. Like I say, I'm too far down the food chain to actually know, but I feel like as individuals, as human beings on this planet, I think it behooves us to come together in a collective in some way to overcome the battle of the fear that's being created, vaccinated or unvaccinated. That has to be personal choice. But I think the, the cost to human life and the cost to quality of human life, it's too great. It's too big a price to pay. It's way too big a price to pay. Well, not only the price to pay but what it's actually doing to families. Like you say, I've, I've had clients who... You know, they've chosen to do one way or the other and then they're told they're not welcome at a family event if they aren't uh, vaccinated. And this is families now saying to one another, everyone can yeah. come or having parties that if someone there says, I can't come unless I know everyone's vaccinated or mm. I, I just think the choices that we're putting onto people is not a choice anymore. It's a you do or you don't. And this is causing such like you said before, huge mental health concerns. And we only have to look at the suicide rates. We only have to hear some of the tragedies that are occurring through people who really cannot seem to see a way out of this or feel so trapped because they're going to let someone down one way or another that they feel trapped and that there's no other way. And, I, I mean, I don't know whether to say this or not, but... Um, Danny has gone away and he's overseas and, of course, everyone's always asking me, you know, how did he get away? And, and he did. He got away a few months ago without having to be vaccinated. It was, it was not mandated as such. And meanwhile, I've been researching everything and looking at different types and asking different people, you know, maybe if he does have to, to travel to do his work that, you know, I'd heard about. Novavax and, and I was looking at other ones that didn't have the genetic just because it's new and I appreciate some people are saying this technology is amazing and I keep asking myself what if it is the best thing what if it is the most amazing thing on the planet it's the best thing for the future of humanity it could be I don't know mm. but because I don't know 
I didn't know if I could make that decision. So I thought, great, when Danny gets back at Christmas, we can make an informed decision like you. Um, I got all the post-COVID vaccine protocols I could get hold of. He took away with him hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, zinc, glutathione. Um, he was having milk thistle tea. Quercetin was an option. Like we, we looked at and vitamin C every day. And, and he's religious every day with that. He is so well. He is so looking after himself. And then he he um he he was I was listening on the radio and I was turning up to my hairdressers and I heard the news just as I was getting out of the car that Novak Djokovic would not be or couldn't may not be attending the Australian Open in Melbourne because he would not disclose his vaccination status. It's been stated that he's had COVID, so you would think he had had the antibodies if that's the right word, forgive me if I'm saying it wrong, and I know you'll correct me, Cindy, but I just, you know, you think you've got the disease or you've had the, the, the disease itself, your body has been, and you've survived it, your body has built a resistance or some sort of beautiful way of managing that. And he would not disclose whether he's been vaccinated or not and doesn't feel he has to. He felt that that was a private affair. And all of a sudden it hit me, and because the next thing was, you will not be allowed back into Australia in December unless you are double vaccinated. And I knew Danny wasn't. So I texted him and I said, we need to talk. I don't know how you're going to get home. Like I'm, again, I started panicking a little bit, if I'm honest. I was a little bit curious. I was thinking, how can they not let him home? Why wouldn't they let him home? This is his place, principal place of residence. He's not an Australian citizen. Will they send him to New Zealand? But because he's not paying taxi, will they not keep him there? New Zealand seems to me just as strange and full on with their rules as it is here. And I did have a little moment and he didn't answer me and his silence freaked me out. And so finally I got hold of him and he just said, please don't be angry. But a week before that, he had arrived in Oman. He was told and demanded that he appear down in reception within 15 minutes of the hotel he was then escorted by two men to a, a car. He was then driven one hour and 15 minutes to Dubai. He was then sat there and they watched and witnessed him be vaccinated with no choice whatsoever. It was, he was given the Pfizer injection and not, and he kept saying, please, I'd really rather research this more. I don't feel comfortable. I've, I don't want to do this, but he was told if he didn't do it, he would be sent on the next plane back home and he would not have a contract and would not be paid. And he then was terrified and he was terrified driving back to Oman. And then for a week, he's been terrified to tell me. And then I did lose it, if I'm honest. Cindy had to come over for two days and make sure I was breathing. I, not because necessarily am I anti-vax or anything. It was just, I, I felt, we felt so bullied and so pushed. And I just kept thinking of all the providers, the main providers of families that are in this position that if they don't get it, they can't provide for their family. And then Danny said, I did it for us. Now, I, he didn't also feel he had a choice, by the way, but I was, I was devastated. And that's when it really hit me. What you're saying, both of you, is this: there's no choice here. You either are or you aren't. You're an idiot or you aren't an idiot. And those of us that are questioning it are just delaying other people's ability to travel and selfish. 
that's a generalized statement, but it, that's how it's felt. And so it's taken me a good amount of personal work, I have to say, to, to turn this into a reframe of maybe he got the sailing one. Maybe, you know, because of the way he looks after himself and all the things he has been taking, he'll be lucky. Um, and I keep hoping, and there's still no guarantee because now he has to fly back to Sydney, which apparently means if he's double vaxxed, he can stay with family, but Queensland won't let him in until the 17th. So I'm not sure. Does that mean the virus all of a sudden stops behaving badly on the 16th? And I'm just finding it fascinating, the dates, because then I've now heard that it's not just the double vax, you have to have a booster shot. And I'm like, I'm just curious, when does this end? And does it ever stop? And are we ever going to be free of whether you should or you shouldn't and have a digital passport? And, And I'm not trying to be against anything or say anything wrong against any side or institution but I do find this incredibly um, challenging on my 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 belief in humanity and not telling someone I, I, my a friend told another friend that as much as she loves me if I don't if I choose not to vaccinate I will never her words were never be welcome in her home again. And I just thought, wow, wow, is this is this what it's coming to? So I'm not sure that's giving anyone an answer, but I'm just sharing with you what's what's happening to a lot of families out there who are maybe not wanting the vaccine but are being forced into it. Um, otherwise, they cannot provide. And I find that really challenging as well. But, you know, we've, I've got the post-COVID, I've got six post-COVID protocols. I've sent Danny everything I possibly can. I've got them on every tea and herb and oil and did research on pine oil, realizing that pine needle tea was really good and trying to find out if the constituents that make up pine needle tea are in the pine essential oils. So I'm telling him to, you know, bathe in that. And and I've tried to turn it into something where we, rather than get focused on, I hope everything's all right, into trusting everything is all right and believing in the greater good of, of all of this and, and I'll be honest, it's not been easy. I don't know how you cope with that. Mm. That is so unreasonable. You know, I, I don't even know what to say. I, you know, I, I'm ashamed of us. I, I, I'm so sorry, Kimmy. You know, you have to, and I'm not anti and I'm not for, you, you, no one has that right to put him through that. I mean, that must have been terrifying for him. He was probably more terrified to tell Kim than. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. We, we uh, make a joke out of it only because it was tough. It was yeah. really tough watching the both of them go through it. And the, and the whole family, and and but this is happening to so many families. I'm and that's true. It over is over and over. Mm. It's it's happening everywhere. With you know, I mean, even with all of our nurses and our doctors, you know, they've been hailed as heroes, and now all of a sudden they're out of work too. So, and teachers, um, yeah. construction workers, people that want choice, um, and they should have choice, but 
they're being told, well, if you don't, then you don't have a job. So it's not really mandatory, um, but it but it is. But it is. It is. So what's the way through? What's the what's the way out of this? I think that's a, a really good question. So listening to this MBA star, he said, I'm lucky. I've got the finances. I can hold I can hold this position for quite some time and not play again and wait till this passes. He says, Mm. I'm fortunate, but there are a lot of people that aren't fortunate out there. Um, And so there are um, groups that are coming together. For instance, I have a group in Mullaney and they are people that um, think um, differently than what the government mainstream narrative is, which is nothing about health and everything about isolation uh, you know, or, you know them, what they're saying everyone to do, put the mask on, all of those things. There's been nothing about food and sunshine and nutrients and exercise and breath work and um, it's good sleep. There's, there's been no conversation about that and there's been no conversation if you get the first symptoms of COVID, this is what you need to do. You need to take zinc and vitamin D. There's no conversation about that. So there are support groups happening around um, the world and one of them is one that I'm involved in, in Mullaney. And we are a group of people that are supporting each other, so supporting the businesses. So if one's a masseur or one um, has food on their farm or one sells eggs or so instead of them being told you can't work, you can't do this, you can't do that, we're actually making sure that we're keeping our community um, supported. So number one, I think we need to buy local. We need to stay away from the big food stores that have made all the money last year and go to our little independents, our little independent butchers, our little independent fruit and veggie stores, our little independent um, internet stores even, not big Amazon and big ones like that. But that's where I feel we need to start is that we have to support our local communities so that they are not forced into a position. So for the teachers who have said, well, we're not going to teach anymore because we don't not following you, there is going to be a group of school kids that because they aren't following the rules um, or the, the mandate or whatever it is, they're not following that. They're going to be, have to be homeschooled and parents are going to have to work because they are maybe got their own business. So do you see what we can do? We can actually create communities mm-hmm. that support each other. And my thing is I buy local, I buy ethical, I do the best I can to support local people. So I walked into Target um, recently and I was told, um, oh, I was asked, was I double jabbed? Oh. Yes. I was asked if I was double jabbed by a young clerk. Um, they had three young clerks on to ask people. And it was so not busy, this place, um, tar- this target. It was so not busy. And they were asking, you know, about the whole double jab. And I said, no. And then I went, it's none of your business. I was shocked, absolutely shocked that I was asked this. And I, I, she said, you're not allowed in. And I said, who says? And I walked in and I kept walking, you know, brazen as all. And then I, I got to the point where I was where I wanted to be and I thought, hang on, do I want to support a company mm, that's, that's doing this? Yeah. And so I walked back to her and I said, you know what? You've lost me as a customer. 
And I understand that you're young and you've been told to do this, which I think is wrong. I think they should have had a security guard on at least, not these yeah. three poor young girls, two girls and one boy that were being um, obviously abused all day. Yes. They were yes. abused all day. And I just went, you know what, you've lost me as a customer. I'm not ever going to walk into Target again. So um, I, that's how I feel. So I went into this little independent because I wanted some little knickknacks. Mm. Uh, I was... I was redecorating and I wanted some knickknacks, you know, and um, I just went, you know what, I'm going to that little store down the road. Yes, they're more expensive. I might have to pay $30 more for something than I would at Target. But you know what? I'm, I can afford it. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So this is where I think number one is we support our, um, our local community. Um, number two, we look after ourselves. We really look after ourselves with the basic ingredients that everybody has heard on Up for a Chat for the last 374, going on to 375 um, episodes. So looking after yourself by eating real foods, grown in your local community, by your local farmer, um, support those. Um, Ground, get out on the grass, get electrons um, up through the grounding process so that it can produce more energy for um, for your body. Um, get out into the sunshine. It gives you vitamin D. Make sure you see that sun because that's the most important vitamin D. Do breath work. They've actually taught how breath work, um, if you do it uh, through the nose, it reduces the sympathetic, which is that flight, fight, I'm scared type of thing, and it reduces it to the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. Make sure you're getting good good amount of sleep. Connect with loved ones. Um, have gratitude, um, grow food in your garden so that you're getting uh, the nutrients that you need and things aren't sterilised. Um, get out into nature, walk national parks if you can do that. If you're able to get out into a park or a national park, get out there because we know what that does to our health. So to me, that is the ingredients. The next one is I think stay in the present. We don't. None of us know the future. We don't know if um, what some of these scientists are saying about antibody-dependent enhancement. Um, we don't know if this is going to happen. They're just going off their scientific knowledge. So stay in the present. Don't go to the future. Oh, what if this happens? And what if my, my family dies? And what if I don't get the vaccine? And really the biggest thing we're scared of is death. In the, if you put it down to the main basics, it's death. So if you have a beautiful spiritual life, and I know Kim and Karen and I, we, we do, we have a belief of this isn't the end, that we're on this planet to learn lessons and we've chosen to be here at this time. And it's an exciting time because it's an awakening time. It's a time where people, more and more people are awakening. So when this started 20 months ago or 21 months ago, I was at a protest with 100 people. I go to protests now, there are tens of thousands of people. Um, I go online now, there's not three people online. There are thousands online that are wanting to join a group. I'm interviewing people in New Zealand that belong to um, Voices for Freedom. And this is an awakening. And be grateful for that awakening because I don't think people have realised that we have been under the guise of freedom, but we haven't been really free. There has been, and everyone thinks they're free, but when you really look 
um, and you go to Monopoly 101 and who uh, who owns the world, you realise that we have not been free. You know, we pay exorbitant taxes, stamp duties. We work for the government five days, four days a week, and we might have a little bit left over for ourselves. So for me, it's staying in the present, realising there's a great awakening happening and that good will win over evil. I think that that's a really... Um, a really good thing to to go for. So that's my advice. I know you guys will have something to add to it. Kimmy, you go first. <laughs> well, I would also add upping your water intake. I think that is something that I don't think I don't think you said that, but I've definitely been making sure I have two liters of water a day. I have been supplementing with glutathione, a liposomal glutathione and zinc I've been taking. I've also been very mindful of making sure I have your greens and my colloidal minerals every day. And I personally, the thing that is working really well for me, I also take turmeric, by the way, for the anti-inflammatory, just everything I do to protect me from a flu, a cold or anything I'm doing at the moment. And I am taking zinc every day just in case I'm not getting enough. Um, I'm mindful of all my you know, sugar intake, alcohol intake, and making sure that I have plenty of good, um, hopefully wild caught or at least natural or, sorry, not natural, organic or free range from the markets. So I love going to the farmer's markets on the weekend. I've heard that dandelion leaf tea is very good um, as a beautiful herb to take. But my two, there's there's a couple of oils that I would be using um, after, you know, going on a rampage to see what's the best thing I can do here. And it is known that pine oil, so pinal, pinus sylvestris and fennel seed, funiculum vulgar, both of these are great tea. So I'm actually drinking a lot of fennel tea at the moment as well. Haven't got my pine needle tea just yet, but then I thought, well, why don't I use pine oil? So I have got my pine and fennel, but pine is also an ingredient in our immune boost blend, which has got eucalyptus, lavender, tea tree, cedarwood, and pine. And so I'm actually using that, but I've added fennel to it when I found out that fennel uh, contains the shikimate, like star anise does as well, which is thought to help uh, inhibit the viral replication. And it's sort of along what you were saying before, Karen, but this also apparently helps to neutralize the viral spike protein and inhibit clotting. So I have really taken that on in my body boost using my immune boost and my fennel oil as well. So that's what I've been adding to it. And my meditation, I have been doing that every day without fail. And sometimes I even do my own self-hypnosis. So there you go. That's what I'm doing. Beautiful. Well, for me, I think um, I've got a, a supplement protocol not dissimilar. I've got really high vitamin D, really high C, zinc, um, quercetin, um, uh, a knack, uh, glutathione. Um, I think that's about it. And the, the, uh, a really strong turmeric that I take. And that's to boost my immune system. And I've got Matt on that to support him after the vaccination. So, you know, we're pretty, um, we're pretty thorough with that. The other side of things for me is very much about the mental, physical and emotional and spiritual. And I think that one of the, uh, I read a, a post just the other day. It said, your new life is going to cost you the old one. And that really struck home for me because I, 
in my experience of all of this, I do see that we are a changed and changing um, humanity. And I don't think that we will be able to go back to what we were simply because so much has changed and will continue to change as this all unfolds over the next five, ten years. So in my mind, I'm with you a bit, Cindy, in that we've never really been free, um, not to the extent that I've done the research on that, but what I, I had this conversation with my mum yesterday morning and I said to her, you know, we've lived a life where we have been okay with everything because everything has been okay. So we've been okay with everything. And now we're not okay with it. And we can't be in resistance because this is what it is. I mean, this is the site, this is the new times. This is a new dawning of a new age and a new era of, of, of who humanity will evolve into. And we will either evolve, well, we'll either go backwards or we'll evolve into bigger, better, faster, stronger, more enlivened um a species so i said i I said this to my mom i said i feel like this is the time where the real work begins certainly from a physical point of view and also from a mental and spiritual point of view an emotional point of view in the context of who we've been has been fine but if we're going to get to the next level if we're going to if we're going to expand to cope with what we're going through and for our bodies to also be able to transition <clears throat> into this next phase of who humanity will become, we have to be willing to go there with the way we see ourselves. And if we see ourselves as small, insignificant, vulnerable, weak, powerless, shameful, guilty, not playing community, if we see ourselves as those things, and that's absolutely going to be our experience because like always attracts like. And it's just the way that this magnetic vortex is set up. So if that's our belief system around who we are and what we are, then that is going to be our experience. And I can tell you now it's going to be a one hell of a shitbag of an experience when we relate to ourselves that way in life. Whereas there is another aspect to ourselves that when we tap into it, when we feel like, hang on a minute, There's more to me than vulnerability. There's more to me than fearfulness. There has to be because vulnerability and fearfulness are experiences. What is the aspect of me that holds that experience? And when we see that there is another aspect to ourselves, that in actual fact, there's a part of us that says no, that says enough. I won't and I will and I can and I should and I have, and I'm, and, and I'm going to, there's a part of us that is actually quite strong, that if we tap into that part of ourselves and build a relationship and become committed to that part of ourselves and invest the amount of energy that we're investing into our scared, vulnerable selves, if we take that energy, transfer it into the part of ourselves that feels like I can do this and I will do this. And sometimes it's just fleeting moments. But if we can channel our attention to that and become committed to channeling our attention to that every moment, like every hour, give yourself 10 minutes to focus on that side of yourself. Spend the other 50 minutes terrified in the corner, but, the rate, but at least give 10 minutes to, I am bigger than this. 
If I get a virus, I am bigger than the virus. If I get a vaccination, I am bigger than the vaccination. I am bigger than all of it. And that is absolute truth. We cannot dispute that, and it's true for everyone. So my encouragement is that we invest and commit the amount of energy that we're investing into our weakness, vulnerability, and fear. We take just the same amount of energy and commit it to the inner world of I can do this, I've got this, I'm bigger than this, and build a really strong relationship with that aspect of ourselves. If we can do that, we can transcend and, 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 and transform our experiences within a week. And then we become the powerhouse that this world and humanity is calling out for us to be. At the moment, there is a collective consciousness of, of terror. I mean, this is the greatest terrorist attack that ever there was. So there's this collective consciousness of that. It requires those of us who have it in us, and you will know if I'm speaking to you, you'll know it. There is a call for those of us to stand in balance of that terror to counterbalance it. And the universe is no, it's never personal. It's only ever about balance. So if you feel called and you think, I do have something bigger in me, I can. I just don't know how to access it. Or I don't know what to, I don't know, I don't know what to do with it. Then all you have to do is give yourself 10 minutes of every hour being with that side of yourself, saying, I am powerful, I am incredible, I am the light, I am strong, I am power. Not I am not fearful. No. I'm strong. I'm clear. I've got this. I'm together. The more I am statements we can make that are towards our self, I want to say illumination, but towards our self-ascension, our self-expansion, our self-direction, our, our, our internal responsibility, our internal power source, the more we can spend time there conversating with that side of ourselves in the I am this, I am that, I am all this, I am all that, you begin to build a relationship with that side of yourself. And if that is what becomes what's prevalent in your experience of yourself, then you're balancing this planet and we will move through this trauma so much more quickly than what we are right now. So there's a call out there to all of us who are independent thinkers and all of us who are willing to say I'll go first and at least try this on because what do you got to lose? Absolutely nothing. So if there's a so this the call that's going out to all of us to create the balance on behalf of humanity and we have to take that seriously. Who we've been has been okay because everything has been okay. But it's not okay anymore. And so now the work begins. And those of us that have been called to action, you know that it's you. So take a deep breath, surround yourself with people who will encourage you and hold you up. And if it means that you jump onto our Up For A Chat Facebook page or you jump onto our Instagram page, if it means that's where you have to go in order to find your tribe and to find people who will hold you to that higher expansion, then that's where you've got to go. Surround yourself with people who will support you because this is going to be new for you. It's new for all of us. But if we don't do it, there'll be no balance. And of course, there has to be balance. So it will eventually happen. It's just whether it happens today or it happens tomorrow. That's, that's on us.
It's on all of us who are the independent thinkers here on this planet and those that are willing to take the lead. And taking the lead does not mean do what I do and do what I say. That's not what I mean by that. I just mean take the lead by saying I'll go first. And when you see me do it and you see that it's okay and you see that it works, then maybe you feel inspired and safe to do it too. And nothing much has really changed because I just went off on my own little <laughs> show there. It's beautiful. <laughs> it was absolutely perfect because I agree with you. I think um, our reality, as my dad always says, you know, nothing happens in the body unless it happens in the mind first. And 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 basically you have done that. You know, you've Kim talked about the meditations and that's what takes you to higher ground. She talked about you know, the supplements that, that will help with the immune system. Uh, and I, I really believe that we are in an awakening. And if, if we can realise it's only been 20 months, it's not a long time for an awakening. Uh, and I, I also believe we're in a war. And the thing about the war is, you know, who are you going to be in this war? Somebody who's brave and um, stands up against the atrocities that are happening that are wrong? Uh, and, you know, do what you need to do in order to survive. And the, we can do this because there is a growing community. It's a huge growing community that is awakening and saying, well, we're not going to support the big guys anymore. We're going to support the little ones. We're going to, we are free because we're free in our head or we're not free in our head, as you were saying, Karen. It's up to us to make those, um, you know, those incredible leaps in the understanding of this. Uh, yeah, I, I just loved, I, I love that we've all come up with something that gives people hope and gives people a realisation of what is happening and hopefully they can take it and put it into their lives step by step, bit by bit, habit by habit. Um, and if they need coaching, they've got you and Kim. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I drum to you too. <laughs> well, you know, actually there is a, um, I have a Facebook page called Karen's Inner Circle. So if anybody wants to try and find that, I'm, you know, I'm not advertising it out there on, you know, on all of my pages. I'm really just opening it up to people who are really keen to be inspired and to allow the universe to serve the morsels of magic. So if you guys are interested, you're welcome to send me an, um, a, re a request to join the group, anybody that's listening. It's free and I'm not selling anything in there either. So, yeah. Well, I think we've had a pretty fantastic podcast and I think that for everybody that's been listening in today, you know, it's not the end. What Cindy said, it's only 20 months, not the end. This is just a partway conversation and hopefully we'll be able to jump on and give you guys, you know, another update and another chat shortly, um, you know, keeping you all feeling like we're still together and we're still here for you. So does anybody have anything else they want to add before we sign off today? Well, I would just like to say that I remember, I think it was Gandhi who said this, but humanity should be our race and love should be our religion. And nice. I just always think that love will conquer fear no matter what. Beautiful, Kimmy. Just beautiful. Miss Cindy, was there anything you wanted to add? No, I think I think we've said everything. That, there's probably a million things that I always love to add, but I think that this is enough um, to help people as best that you know. We're 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 playing this day by day. I'm playing this day by day, um, and I think it's just about 
being in that present moment and making sure your nutrition is good. So while I can help on nutrition, you two girls can help on coaching. <laughs> I, I think people really do need that, you know, with mm. especially if they're in a tight spot and they need help. I think you two are the, you're the best. You're the ones I go to every time. Would like to be unhypnotized. Yes. <laughs> if they'd like to be unhypnotized, go to Kim. She's got that very deep person. She can do it really well. <laughs> That's right. All the way. <laughs> All the way. <laughs> uh, well, guys, that was wonderful being with you two again. Oh, it was fun. Love our chat. Love great. you, darlings. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. Stay in touch with us, stay connected, and we're always thinking of you and we're sending our love, our strength, and our light right into your home and into your family, and we send you love. We hope that you're fine and you find a way through um, all of this, this roadmap you find your way through. We're sending our love. Take care. Jump on our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. You can also find us up for a chat on Instagram. I can't even say give us a five-star rating because it's not like that anymore, is it? <laughs> but hell, go ahead. Give us a five-star rating. Why not? <laughs> so we'll see you guys next time. We'll talk to you guys next time right here on Up for a Chat. We'll see you on the ride. Bye for now, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.